You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Bad news. Um, our pal Adnan Verdnan. Adnan Verdnan. <laughs> Adnan Verdnan. Where did that come Verdan. from? And Maddie Rose. Andy Patet at 44. Verlander would who? not. to Yusai Majiri. Uh, who? Musa. Masai Ujiri. Yeah. <laughs> On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Sammy Cause, NHL draft analyst, Sportsnet analyst. You talk about Canada's World Junior Camp. It's done. The team's been picked. We'll get Sammy Cause's thoughts. We'll get his thoughts on the Calgary Flames as well. Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames at the top of the next hour. Um, Patrick, who won our AEW tickets to your question? Yeah, I was asking you uh, at 960-960, who was Brian Danielson's first opponent in AEW? Chris M. in Calgary, you picked Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega was Brian Danielson's first opponent. All right, congratulations. Uh, You're headed to the AEW show in Calgary during Stampede in July. It's Coach Bank Saddledome. My man, Patrick. Uh, we'll be in touch with you. Um, it's day nine of our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 Days of Christmas, where we open the on-air advent calendar. We're going to do that at 845. Real quick, before we get to Ross Tucker, um, I'm doing the intermissions with Pat Steinberg for the first time on the Flames broadcast Saturday night against the Lightning down at the Dome. Uh, text me three random words I can use in one of the two intermissions, and that'll be our prize today. 960, 960, name and location. Three random words I can fit into the broadcast during the intermissions when I'm, when I'm co-hosting with Pat during the intermissions for the first time doing the Flames broadcast. But on the line right now, uh, the Ross Tucker podcast, um, the Ross Tucker betting podcast, Westwood One, CBS Sports, uh, Mr. Ross Tucker, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Ross, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, Have you ever done that? Did you see the pizza I had last Thursday? Uh, No, I didn't. All right, so I have two questions. Yeah. You know how I like to just take over the interview right when you guys bring me on. Yeah, you so, know, I'm the so captain First of now. all, you yeah. were talking about you're, you're going to have the draft guy on later. Yeah. And you're talking about junior hockey. Correct. George, where are you from originally? Niagara Falls, Ontario. Oh, okay. I thought you were from the States. No, yeah. No, I'm not American at all. Do I have an American God. accent? No, no, no. I thought one of you guys was from, like, had spent some time in the States. George um, frequents Buffalo in his yeah. time because that's near border Niagara town. Falls. Niagara He's Falls is such a border, a border town. town, but yeah. that's kind of the closest. Got, okay, so then you really wouldn't know. I was going to say, like, is it fair to compare junior hockey oh. in Canada to high school football in Pennsylvania? But, <sighs> you, know, you know, if you were... If you were near Buffalo, that doesn't even count because Buffalo, yeah. like that's not, that's not the level of high school football and passion that people would have elsewhere. But I think that that's somewhat good. Canadian major junior hockey is is right in between like U.S. high school football and U.S. college football. It's kind of like in between because all the NHL teams they draft guys from Canadian major junior hockey. So it's it's right. it's it's the place where they draft them. So it's like it's the best level for that age group, and then they get drafted in the NHL from there. But again, as we've discussed earlier, you're drafting 18 year olds, not guys who are like 20, 21, like they do in the NFL draft. Got it. And then what was the other thing we were just talking? Oh, pizza. Yeah, the beans. So, I'm I don't looking know if at. You guys it. saw? Yeah. Did you did you see it went viral on my social media? I was on Barstool. I was on all these things. Um, at, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. So last Thursday we spoke. Then I had to get to the airport because yeah. I was flying up to Boston for the Army-Navy game last week. Well, that Thursday night I went to a brewery um, of a guy that has really good beer. It's called Vitamin C Brewing uh, in Weymouth, Mass. And I guess what they're big on up there. It's called bar pizzas, which I don't know why they call them bar pizzas. It's basically just like a personal pizza. It's like just smaller pizzas that you have when you're at the bar, hmm. at the bar. And um, <laughs> he ordered he ordered a couple of – he got like a sausage and pepperoni and a plain or whatever. But he also ordered a couple of linguiza. It's what he, how he pronounced it. And baked bean really? pizza. Oh. So linguiza – 
is um, like Portuguese sausage. Yeah. And that was pretty tasty. Okay. And I was highly skeptical of the baked beans because they looked like it looked like rabbit turds. Yeah. Like like rabbit turds or deer turds on top of the pizza. Mm-hmm. And end up it was actually really good. Really? Like there's just like a little bit of sweetness in the baked bean that offset the sauce. It was it was really good. Like I ended up really liking it. But I posted on social, and people were like, absolutely not. No way. <laughs> Never. And uh, they were so mad at me for ordering. And I'm like, I didn't order. You think I just out of the blue, like, I'm starving. I'm just going to order something I've never even heard of. Right. This other guy ordered it, but I tried, and it was good. See, again, uh, life's full of surprises. I like the fact that you uh, try. I, w- I would try. Why not? Who doesn't like a good baked bean? Ross, I want to ask you a question here. So I'm doing the intermissions. Uh, for the Flames broadcast, big NHL broadcast. We take it very seriously here on Sports at 960. So Maddie can't do it, so I'm filling in for the first time. And I'm asking our listeners uh, for me to work in three random words during the intermissions. Can you think of three random words, or we'll save that to the end of the broadcast, that, the end of the interview that you can give me that I can work in? Um, I'll think of a few. Okay. Uh, let's go... Um... Hijinks. Okay, hijinks. Okay, hijinks. It's a good one. Writing Let's go um, Schadenfreude. Oh, yes. Oh. Schadenfreude. Yes. Good one. Another good one. And let's go myfrontpagestory.com. Myfrontpagestory.com. Okay. Okay, I love it. I love it. Those are the three random words that... Yep. Okay. I'd like to see you work in. Okay. I think I've heard of that website before. I'm going to be honest with you. It rings it rings a bell. Myfrontpagestory.com. That would be amazing if like yeah. hopefully there's like a gift goal like in yeah. the in the uh in the in the period. <laughs> yeah. And you could be like you be like, what is this? Myfrontpagestory.com with yeah. a gift goal like that? Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, Ross. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to use yours, and we have it over to our listeners at 960-960, name and location. Hey, uh, this game tonight, are you aware, um, Easton Stick, right, starting for the Chargers, you're aware that yeah. Easton Hockey Sticks are were extremely prominent in the 90s and 2000s. They're still a good manufacturer of hockey sticks, but not as popular as they once were. Are you aware of this? I'm aware of Easton Sticks and Easton Bats. Yes. Like okay. I'm aware of Easton as a sports yeah. equipment manufacturer. What you just said about them not being as popular, I did not know. Who, yeah. Who's more popular now? Uh, it would be like there's Warrior Sticks, there's CCM, there's True. There's a lot of different... Okay, CCM I've heard of. Yeah. And Warrior is interesting because I think that that might be a Princeton guy because they're really big in lacrosse. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, here, here's just some context. Remember the, I don't know if you remember, Wayne Gretzky used that silver shiny stick in his career, especially he played with the L.A. Kings. That was an Easton. Yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. Okay, nope. but that was an Easton. Uh, you had a really cool hockey stick, but that was absolutely okay. an Easton. So he's starting tonight. Uh, is it going to be a field goal fest? Like, what are you expecting from this Thursday nighter? Yeah, I'm expecting not very many people to watch. That's what I'm expecting. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I always I watch primarily in a game like this to root for Easton Stick. Okay. Because Easton Stick has an opportunity to change his life with these last four games, right? Like right now, he's like a borderline backup quarterback. If Easton Stick goes out and plays really, really well, well, next thing you know. Maybe he gets a chance to start somewhere, or even if not, even if he doesn't play that well, as long as they win a couple of these games and he plays pretty well, he like locks himself in to being a backup, probably for the Chargers, but maybe somebody else for years. Yeah. Like that's how it works. You backup quarterback, you don't really get that many times opportunities to play, but when you do, you got to make it count. And then when you do, if you do, then you buy yourself like a couple more years. So I don't think Easton Sticks ever started a game before, to my knowledge. Maybe he has, and I missed it. Maybe late in the season or something. But I'm, uh, 
I'm thrilled for him. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad he's getting this opportunity. I remember my first start in the NFL. Uh, Larry Allen was hurt at left guard for the Cowboys, so I started uh, against the Colts. I was 23, and, um, man, I get chills every time I think about it. Like, to think about being in the tunnel, and they sit at left guard, second year from Princeton, Ross Tucker, and I ran out, and um, hard to – Hard to put into words mm. what that means. It's like, imagine all 23 years of your life, like flashing in your brain in like a 30-second period. Like, from when I'm waiting there for them to call my name to when they call my name and I run out there, I, I like, I thought about like my Pop Warner coaches, my friends from home, my high school coaches, my college buddies, like it was like wow. I don't know how to explain it. It was like it all flashed and it was like, man, like I I did it. Like I, I I'm here. I'm starting in the NFL. Really, really cool. Like we're seeing with Jake Browning with the Bengals, right? Like that guy's earned himself a lot of money in the future because you go out there and you perform like you did in front of everybody on national television. That guy's gonna be at least a backup now for the like a long time, I would say, Russ. Yeah, and he's playing so well. I'm glad you brought – that's actually the game I'm doing uh, Saturday. So I'll be doing that for Westwood One. I don't know if you guys carry it or not, but I'll be flying to Cincinnati tomorrow and doing Vikings at the Bengals 1 o'clock on Saturday. There's three Saturday games in the NFL this weekend. That's one of them. And he's actually playing so well that, you know, if he keeps this up for four more games and, maybe, and makes the playoffs, you're going to get someone that – will at least allow him to come in and compete for a starting job, and rightfully so, if he's able to play that well. So, yeah, what he's doing is fantastic. If he's completing 80% of his passes, they've done a really nice job of coaching around him. But, yeah, I, I love as many guys as possible to get their opportunity because a lot of times you don't. You, know, you can make a team, but, like, if the guy ahead of you doesn't get hurt, you never really get a chance to prove that you can start and play well, and then you get to a spot where they want a guy with experience. Well, how do you get experience if you don't get experience? You know, like you really only get experience if you're a high draft pick or the guy in front of you gets hurt. And so I fortunately was fortunate to get some experience that way, and then that helped me stay in the league for a while because then I was like a proven guy, and that's what Browning's doing right now. Especially with quarterbacks, like we're seeing a lot of guys go down and backups getting into roles and some are having success and some aren't. How much of a factor is it that you look at the roster around Browning and he's got three dynamite receivers and that offense clicks pretty well? How much of a factor is that? And, and how much of a factor is it for some of the other guys around the league, like a Tommy DeVito who's taken the league by storm? What do you guys like best for his um, nickname, by the way? I've heard three now. Tommy Cutlets, yep. the passing Paisano. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite, Marinara Mahomes. Oh, that is good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it, except uh, Tommy DeVito doesn't throw his helmet at referees, so I don't know if that one really counts as well. So, Ooh, shots fired at Mahomes. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, no, you know what? Um, to answer your question, what you have around you and your coaching staff makes a huge difference. No question. Oh, yeah. The O-line, the skill, you know, 20%, more than 20% of his yards are thrown on passes behind the line of scrimmage. He's accurate, but they, they had three long screen passes against the Colts just watching that tape back. That, that really, really helps your stats a lot. You had mentioned uh, as well with Tommy DeVito, how much longer is this magic going to keep going? Because we love it so much, the agent, the family. Every time the Giants are playing, it's like, well, I kind of got to watch now, even more so than when Daniel Jones was playing. Well, that's so funny, right? And you know what What I think is really funny? Like, I don't – I'm 0% Italian, like 0%. Okay. But yet, when he's out there – I feel like I'm Italian and I feel like <laughs> yeah. he's like doing it for me, yeah. for us. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. It's yeah. like anybody that's ever had a chicken parm feels like Tommy's out there doing this for <laughs> us. Like it's hilarious. 
Um, uh, you know what? I think uh, I think it'll. I think he's gonna. I mean, they play the Eagles two of the last three games, so might be uh, might be a little bit difficult. Although, you know what? Eagles are struggling defensively, so maybe Tommy can keep it up against them. You never know. Ross Tucker, um, NFL on CBS, the Ross Tucker podcast, uh, the Ross Tucker betting podcast, Westwood One, joining us here courtesy of uh, Tom's House of Pizza. Uh, where's your former coach, Bill Belichick, going to end up? It's a really good question. I keep saying Washington or Carolina, and I say that because really, I think that – what's that? Those teams, really? Yeah, what are you thinking? No, like, you know, okay, here's what I'm thinking real quick. And, and obviously you're the expert. You're the guy who went to an Ivy League school and played in the NFL. Um, he needs to go somewhere where they have a good quarterback. What about the Chargers? That's the one place I'd be like, go to Los Angeles with the Chargers. I don't know if Dean Spano and that ownership would want to spend the money, but go to the Chargers. That's the team where he should go because they have a superstar quarterback, and then he can fix that culture of Los Angeles, that losing stink of Chargers going to Charger, bring Bill Belichick there. So what's interesting about what you're saying is you are talking about it as if Belichick is the bell of the ball Mm. and has his pick. I'm not sure that's the case. Mm. I do think it probably would be a good hire by Dean Spanos because they do have a talented roster. And how can you argue with, you know, one of the best coaches of all time? What I think is interesting is I always thought it would be Washington or Carolina because both of those ownerships, groups, and franchises have kind of a, a credibility problem. Hmm. And I feel like Belichick gives you instant credibility, right? Like they're not even on the radar, right? Like Carolina Panthers, Washington Commanders, like they're not even part of the discussion. And Belichick immediately gives you credibility. Also, they're both owned by hedge fund dudes who realize like a down year or maybe even two down years doesn't mean that it's a, it's a losing stock, so to speak, right. Or that you should necessarily sell. Maybe that's the right time to buy Belichick. So I think that that's why I envision him going to one of those two places, but I think it'd be a good hire for Spanos too. I do. I think uh, he could help that defense play way, way better with the talent they have. What about a big plot twist? He goes to Buffalo if the Bills miss and they and they say goodbye to Sean McDermott. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah. I like that plot twist. I'll say this, though, because you guys know I do these radio hits like all over the place. Yeah. They don't really want him in Carolina or in Washington. Really? Like Carolina, they want, they want like a young, uh, creative offensive mind like Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, for the Lions, mm-hmm. whereas in Washington, they they don't want them. Like I, I was on with Washington this week, and they said maybe ten percent of their listeners wow. want Belichick. You know, he, a lot of the shine is kind of off of him uh, because we have short attention spans, and based on what's happened in the last couple of years, I mean, a lot of people more and more are thinking it was really Brady that was the biggest reason for their success. Dolphins took a tough loss on Monday against the Titans. Was that just one of the off weeks for a very good team, losing to a, a group that they should have definitely beat? Also losing Tyreek Hill in that game was a big loss. Or or is this maybe a sign of some problems starting to bubble for a Dolphins team that, that's playoff bound? Terrible loss, and I would say problems starting to bubble because they only had one O-line starter still in the game by the end of it. Oof. That's tough. They lost their center, Connor Williams, for the season. They're bringing guys in off the street now to fill that position. Then you've got, you know, even on the D-line, they had to sign Melvin Ingram because they really weren't able to get pressure on Levis on those last two drives to close the game out. So I think they've got some issues that go beyond just Tyreek missing a chunk of the game with his ankle. Uh, Do you got a run, Ross, or you're good for a couple more? You let us know. I can take a couple more. Yeah. Most days I can't, but today I can. Okay. Uh, overtime, Ross. Uh, can we give you three words you can use on your Westwood One broadcast or no? You can, but I will forget them by Saturday and I no. will not use them. But if you want to do it for okay. a few maybe, maybe, Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll do that by, by the end of the interview when we sneak in a couple more questions. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Detroit Lions. I know you mentioned the offensive coordinator. Like, 
if you're a Lions fan, how nervous are you? Like that defense just looks like it's not doing anything. Aiden Hutchinson's kind of been not as effective lately here, getting to the quarterback. That defense is just bleeding way too many points. Couldn't stop the Bears on Sunday. Are are the Lions maybe the most fraudulent division leader in the NFL right now? Um, no, because the most fraudulent division leader would be the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but if they played each other right seven. now, Ross, who's going to win that game? Oh, no, I would take the Lions. Okay. Still. All right. Yeah, I would take the Lions still. I mean, they, they don't have a good matchup with the Bears. And uh, the Bears beat them, and that's fine. It's a big game Saturday night, though, Lions-Broncos. That's an awesome, awesome game. Ravens look like they're going to win this division. Uh, It's looked like that for quite some time. But what is the ceiling for them in the postseason, Ross? Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about the AFC, that – Ravens are as good as anybody. I do power rankings every Tuesday on the Ross Tucker football podcast, and I have it Niners 1, Cowboys 2, Ravens 3, Eagles 4. So I think that the the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. I think they're going to probably get the number one seed, although their schedule is not easy. They still got to play the Niners. They got the Jags Sunday night. That's the big one, the Jags Sunday night. They can win that one. They got a really good chance to be the number one seed, which would just be huge. Uh, it would absolutely be huge. Just real quick, what was your take on the whole Kadarius Tony uh, offensive offside never gets called? Patrick Mahomes goes off. Andy Reid's not happy about it. Is that more on Kadarius Tony, or was that thing just way overblown? Yeah, I mean, uh, I understand why they're frustrated, but they're frustrated should be at Kadarius Tony, not yeah. at the refs. It was totally unnecessary for him to do what he did. He ruined one of the coolest plays in NFL history history he i mean you want to talk about going from star to goat he caught the touchdown pass from kelsey yeah i mean yeah. He, I, I never seen a guy go from star to goat on one play like that he would have been talked about forever positively now he'll be talked about forever negatively because of that play just brutal and just unnecessary he didn't follow the protocol with the side judge i really didn't care for how andy Reid and mahomes handled it uh, kudos to them, though, for the next day, basically apologizing. Uh, before we get to uh, myfrontpagestory.com, uh, just two two things if you can just work in to the broadcast. Uh, Bengals are very unsocial animals, Ross. And did you know that Vikings used to abandon sick children? I did not know that. Yeah. Probably won't hit the children one. No. Nope. Um, there's a chance I could get to the unsocial animals, but... Yep. Probably not going to talk about abandoning children on a national radio broadcast. Do you think you could slide in Okotoks? Because that's the one you kind of like. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Okay. It'd have to be third and real long. I'd be like, man, it's third and Okotoks. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, real quick, too, about uh, nicknames. Uh, do you know the nickname of Austin Reeves from the Lakers? No. Hillbilly Kobe. Love it. Yep. Hey, uh, my Nona's got her birthday coming up. Uh, it's oh my uh, gosh! Can you just tell, tell me about myfrontpagestory.com? Hey Ross, can I you, like can his you, setups. Hey, Ross, Come on, hey, let Ross, the man have his minute. Hey, hey Ross, can you tell us about myfrontpagestory.com? Well, listen, it's the best gift you could ever get your <laughs> oh, Nona. Oh, How really? Do you know Nona. N O N N A. Kind of depends. N O N A. Either or. Nona. That's interesting. Anyway, listen. Most of you driving right now or listening, you don't know what to get somebody in your life, especially your significant other. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. Here's the two biggest keys. Any person you give this to, you talk to a writer for 10 minutes, they write an unbelievable story about your significant other, whoever you get the gift for. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, framed beautiful. But just being able to say to somebody, I want to do something special for you this year, Nona. So I had a story written about you. Mm. Your Nona will be like, what? You had a story written about me? Your Nona will think it's the coolest gift she's ever gotten, and she will have it framed. Well, it'll already be framed. It'll be hanging up in her house forever. So when all the other grandkids stop by, when everybody else is there, they'll all remember that Maddie is the one that got the story yep. written for Nona at myfrontpagestory.com. 
Myfrontpagestory.com. Yeah, try to work in Okotoks. Thanks, Ross. We'll do it next week. See you, dude. There he is, NFL analyst, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, CBS Sports, um, brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza, pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. I do like Marinara Mahomes. I'm really glad he cut me off there because my throat is going to be terrible. Yeah, he he knew it wasn't going to be good this week. I was I was struggling to come up with something creative. I got to somehow work in myfrontpagestory.com in the intermission. So yeah, good. you do. I definitely got to do that. <laughs> that was the best plug he's ever done yeah. for it. Solid. Yep. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna move our NFL big bets to the end of this hour, but we're gonna yeah. talk to Sammy Cause because we don't want we don't want to keep him waiting. Uh, talk about the World Juniors, get his take on the Calgary Flames, and then the voice of the Calgary Flames, Derek Wills, at the top of the hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour, the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960, Mr. Derek Wills. Um, I'm doing the intermissions uh, with Pat Steinberg on Saturday night for the first time on the broadcast. Um, we're asking you, um, because it's day nine of our Wild Rose Brewery, um, 12 Days of Christmas, where we open the on-air advent calendar. We're going to do it at 845. I want you to text in three random words that I can work into the broadcast. 960, 960, name and location. If we pick you and your words, I'm going to try to work them in on Saturday in just two four-minute intermission little segments with Pat Steinberg on the broadcast. Hopefully, Pat doesn't catch wind of this. because I'm just going to try to work them into the broadcast. And if you pick your three words, you'll mm. be able to open the honor advent calendar courtesy of your friends at Wild Rose Brewery. It's that simple. Come three get your- random words. Come get yourselves a prize. But right now, mm. uh, our man, uh, fresh off uh, Canada's World Junior Hockey Selection Camp, NHL draft analyst, NHL analyst for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Park guest hotline, Sammy Cos, Sam Cosentino. How are you, pal? I'm doing great. What's going on, gentlemen? Uh, how was the camp? Was it a lot of fun? Um, what, what was your biggest takeaway? Okay, so I went to the first day, and I was at the game yesterday, and Macklin Celebrini is legit. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, okay. that's my biggest takeaway. Like, he, he walked in there, and, you know, as one of the younger guys, and no doubt feeling the pressure of a trying to make that team as an underage player, which is difficult, but then pretty quickly thrust into a role in the games against U sports, uh, uh, national team there. And you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, try the wing. Yeah. It worked out pretty good. Oh, wings pretty good. Oh, try center. Oh, okay. Pretty good. So just ridiculously impressed with his play. And it's not just, uh, Hey, he's making great offensive plays, which he does. Little things like backtracking, getting the stick in a lane to, you know, or, or guide a player into an area where he can uh, get support defensively. Like a lot of really good subtleties to his game. And not to mention, like, going to the corner with a 24 year old guy who's trying to make his name uh, in front of NHL scouts. He, he, he did everything over the course of what I saw. And that was my biggest takeaway just how impressive he was. I would say, guys, by the time the tournament starts, and he may even start this way. He's going to be Canada's number one center. He's that good. He's he's awesome. 17 years old. Are we talking about like a top player for Canada at the end of the tournament? Top player for the tournament overall? Like, what, How are you kind of projecting what we could see from him at this tournament, given that he would have another year at least of eligibility if he wants to come back? I think he can be the top player for Canada. In the tournament, I think that's a little bit more... Uh, of an aggressive uh, expectation. And, and the reason I say that is because when I look at this Team Canada, it, it's going to have a little bit of a different complexion to it. It's going to be a team that's going to grind out wins. It's going to be a team that you know scores enough goals to win games, probably you know extend um, the margin of victory against some of the weaker teams. But in a heavy competition, team that's you know going to be that relentless NHL Stanley Cup style of team, where you're rolling with four lines that you hope is going to grind down the opposition and have enough skill in the higher part of the lineup to be able to get you through. So because they're going to play that way, it's not going to be the kind of the wide open wild West, like we saw with uh, Bedard and Fantilli and Wright and that, in that group from last year. So that's why I would say my expectation for him to, you know, to be a tournament leader is, is probably aggressive, but to lead team Canada, I think that's very much within reach for this guy. 
Um, Sammy, we know always when it comes to Canada, the expectation is to win gold. Is it easier for the guys on Team Canada specifically when maybe the tournament isn't played here and it's played somewhere else like it is in Sweden this year? Yeah, there is that. I mean, the biggest part is is making sure you're managing the kids on their phones because as wide a gap as that is and the media coverage isn't going to be the same, the social media pressures are going to be there. And listen, you can't take 18-year-old kids and completely take their phones away. That that probably just doesn't work anymore these days. You have to give it to them, limit limit them to it, and be mindful of, hey guys, don't be don't be looking at stuff. Don't be looking at stuff. It's kind of like our business, right? Mm. You're asking for trouble. If you go look on social media, you're asking for trouble. That Cosentino's an idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. Mm. You're just asking for trouble. So in in that case, there are those pressures, and for that age, those pressures can be more than what traditional media has to offer uh having said that they're going to feel it it won't be to the same extent but it'll be present who else do you expect to be in this top six putting up the points for team canada apart from celebrini oh man that's uh you know that's really interesting to think how that is all going to play out i mean matthew would look really good but again even though he's a late birthday still uh, a younger guy um you know looking at the back end tanner molendyke i wasn't particularly impressed with his game yesterday, but I think from an offensive standpoint, he's a guy that they're probably going to lean on uh, a little bit on the back end. And looking at their forward group, honestly, I think because there are a lot of similar type players, this is going to be the, the, the kind of thing that works itself out through the three exhibition games. I think everyone's going to be given a really good opportunity to play uh, in different spots. You know, the Braden Jaggers of the world, those type of guys. Um, you know, Nate Danielson, does he lean more towards open? These are a lot of guys who I think can play a variety of roles. And while they're leading scorers in their teams, just, they're just going to be asked to do a little bit something different in this group. So I think that that's something that's going to play itself out. I mean, I put Celebrini squarely in that, in that top role right now. But after that, I think it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a crapshoot in terms of how it's going to play out throughout the course of the exhibition games. And on the blue line, who are going to be the minute munchers? There's a couple of dub players, Denton Matejchuk and Tanner Molendijk, who are both headed to join the club in Sweden. Uh, just a thought on who might be eating all the minutes up for this group. Well, Matejchuk for sure. I mean, he's he's just such a mature guy and one of those guys that, uh, you know, I think you can rely on in any situation. The, the interesting guy for me is going to be Tristan Luno uh, out of the Quebec Major Junior League. Noel Warren is another one. Uh, both of those guys are Anaheim picks. I think Warren is going to be a minutes eater in terms of matchups. Uh, and I think Luno might be the minutes eater in terms of giving you a little bit more of the offensive side of things, kind of like what we just talked about with, with Tanner Molendijk. But seven games in, in the National Hockey League already this year. His body type from his draft year to now has drastically changed. Like I was impressed when I saw him. He looked like a like a young man as opposed to a little boy when he was drafted. So he'll he'll be a guy that I think gets leaned on pretty heavily. How do you think Maverick Lamaru's parents celebrated him making the team? <laughs> a little tongue action, maybe. <laughs> tonsil hockey? Thank Is you, it Sam. tonsil hockey? <laughs> I, I was tonsil. so happy. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He He's an awesome kid, man. I, I love that guy. He's just kind of this big, tall kid. He's got a smile on his face all the time. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And, you know, I think it's three uh, QMJHL defense, and that hasn't happened I, on, on a Team Canada at the World Juniors since the 90s. So really happy uh, for that guy. And obviously his parents are, are probably pretty happy too and uh, not afraid to show it. Yeah, and, and Sammy, who doesn't uh, forget uh, Yasperi Kakaniemi's mom when he got drafted too? That was the one that everyone remembers too. Oh, yeah. I don't, actually, I don't remember that one. Oh, I do. Hmm. I definitely do. When the Habs took him so high, and I go, oh, there's Kakaniemi's mom. Really excited uh, when he was drafted. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry about it. Go look for their draft videos. Yep. There you go. It's You'll know simple. what I mean. You'll know what I mean, The, Ma- the Maverick Lamaru one is incredible. Yeah. I still have the audio saved somewhere from it. It's very good. Um, okay, you- hang on. Were you, are you talking about the, um, the elder lady who was pissed? No, I'm talking the way she was uh, sitting uh, when okay. we got drafted. All right. Okay. We're, yep. we're talking about uh, yeah. Uh, my producer, Patrick, just showed me the photo. I'm like, that's the one. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, there was one cut right. from the WHL. Uh, his name's Jager Furkus. Uh, were you surprised he got cut? Was they trying to pull this thing out of the ditch? Yes, uh, a little, a little bit for sure. He's had an unbelievable year. His game has progressed. He's really confident in his ability to shoot the puck. And I think a team that you might wonder about its collective ability to score, that's one thing that he does really well. Having said that, again, you know, this Riley Height at the time of the selection camp, and maybe still right now, was leading the Western Hockey League in scoring. Never even got a sniff to go to camp. Andrew Crystal, who's an absolute beast of a player really creative gifted guy wasn't even invited to the camp so it's it's more than being a one-trick pony and i think first game has came has come along in that regard but not probably to the point where it fits in with this group yet he should be a guy though that we'd be looking uh, looking for for next year uh wanted to ask you about fraser minton as well a uh, guy who surprised a lot of people at leafs training camp um i know there's some people here in in Flamesland, who are intrigued by the player as, as a trade kind of candidate, perhaps. Uh, what have you seen from Fraser Minton? Just a, a ridiculously mature guy. And it's funny because uh, Sean Clouston, who's one of the assistant coaches, had him in Kamloops up until he uh, dealt him to, uh, to Saskatoon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he returned from Toronto. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm so happy for this guy because he's a great example to people um, everywhere that are thinking about being drafted because he's never given the huge power play minutes. He just went about his business the right way. He was always on the right side of the puck, defensively responsible, chipped in offensively when he had the opportunity, but that wasn't his mainstay and that wasn't his calling card. And I think that's really cool to think about uh, those type of players who get so focused a lot of times in their draft year on putting up points, being a power play guy and all those things. He wasn't any of those, yet he was one of the first guys from his class to to get into NHL games. So, again, really impressed with his ability. And he kind of is the epitome of the identity of what this club is all about. Maybe a little bit of a lower name, not the household name, not the flash and dash type of guy, but a really responsible guy. So, uh, that you know the, the games of NHL, uh, NHL experience he had with Toronto will definitely serve him well here moving forward. Uh, and a Flames note: one player that is going to the World Juniors. I don't believe it's been uh, officially announced yet, but I'd be very surprised if Sam Honzik isn't on Team Slovakia in a mm-hmm. large role. Um, what do you expect to see from him this year at the World Juniors as a guy who missed a lot of time early on uh, in the dub where he plays with the Vancouver Giants? Yeah, and the guy was who was named captain of the Giants, and I think that's a that's a pretty prestigious honor for a European player to to come over and to have that placed upon him in the CHL. It's 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 rare that that happens, uh, but again, I think he's a kid who's really self aware. He knows what his strengths are. He knows what he has to do. I think any role that's defined for him, he's happy to play that role and be successful in playing that role. But my expectation for him to be a guy who's going to be probably in the, in a top six role for his country and a guy who I think is probably going to produce in that role as well. Sammy, want to get your opinion on uh, Yegor Sharangovich, who's, who's had a, a nice little uh, bounce back to the, the slow start he had to the season. He's scoring a lot of goals. Is this something Flames fans should be super optimistic about, a player that maybe he can find that game he had a couple years ago with the Devils? Or is it a case where somebody needs to score on maybe not the best hockey team somebody has to produce somewhere where are you at with Yegor Sharangovich because I'm not sure where I'm at right now with them yeah I think I'm probably down the middle of the road with this guy and I think if you you know look a little bit further to the west and you think about Kuzmenko at 39 goals last year and still is a mainstay in the power play but has obviously had some difficulties regaining that consistent touch I'd say Sharangovich is, is right in that category I don't think he is quite the 39 goal guy but I think with his skill set regardless of who he's playing with, is a guy that should give you 20 on a, on a regular basis. And so, again, it's all about finding that consistency, and that's why players like him tend to bounce around a little bit because there are times when you're looking at him and you're saying, oh, my gosh, how, like, how is this guy not a 40-goal scorer in the league? And there are other times when you're, when you're looking you're saying, ah, you know, how effective was this guy really tonight? And, and he might go two or three games that way, and then he might score you know, in three of the next four, and you're like, it provides a little bit of of confusion. But, listen, it's a really difficult league to score in. The Western Conference is crazy, just just how how much parity there is and how good it is beyond the top two or three teams. 
and what's going to be happening when we get down to those, uh, you know, those wild card scenarios. So, again, I, I think for, for Calgary, he's a guy that they need to have score for them. He can do it. I'd like to just see him do it a little more consistently. Uh, how excited should Flames fans be about Connor Zary? Super excited. Super excited, A, for his personality, for the fact that he injects uh, happiness and energy into the lineup. His immediate um, impact, I think, was best seen with how Nazem Kadri was playing upon his arrival. I think he ignited Naz to, to the point where uh, Naz almost accepted the point of, hey, let me, you know, let me be the guy who takes you under my wing and show you how this thing works. But from a smarts perspective, I would challenge some of your listeners to just, if you get the opportunity, it's a little bit tough on TV, but when he gets on the ice, just watch where he goes and what he does. And a lot of times his play without the puck will really impress you. Like, hey, why are you going over there? Or, hey, why is he dropping back into this position? Or, you know, what's he doing taking that route or that lane? Or why is he cutting that guy? That, that's what's uh, impressed me most about it. Just his smarts and his intelligence and his ability to adapt right away to the National Hockey League. And listen, this is part of the reason why Ryan Huska was brought in to coach, to get the most out of guys like that and to give guys like that an opportunity that they might not have otherwise had. Sammy, did you see the one-day rebrand the Prince Albert Raiders are going to do in January? You know what? I haven't. I haven't. What's it look like? Talk to me. The Prince Albert Cobra Chickens. And their logo is a Canadian goose wearing skates because, yes, that is what we call them here in Alberta. And I guess Saskatchewan Cobra chickens are Canadian geese. Well, you know what? That's uh, great fodder for a little bit later today. When I start to do my hockey research, I'm going to check out the Cobra chickens of PA. Yes. It's awesome. The Arthauser Center. I love going there. Uh, it's an absolute blast. We were there in 2018. They had the milk cartons out there, three deep. They told the, they told the fire chief to go to sleep for a couple of, couple of weeks while they while they finished up in the playoffs. So um, usually they're they're pretty bang on with what they do. It'll probably end up being a hit, and I'm going to check it out when I get back home. Uh, NHL and World Juniors analyst uh, for Sportsnet, Sam Cosentino. Sammy Cos, always a pleasure. Thanks for this, pal. Okay, guys. Thanks. Take care, and uh, I'll have a look at that pic, George. Okay. Go uh, Cobra Chickens. All right. Uh, careful. Yeah, careful with that one. Thanks, a, Sammy. Not on a work computer. Okay, guys. All oh, right. There he goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got about uh, a few minutes here before we head to uh, Derek Will. Uh, I, Derek Wills. I yes. have the Maverick Lamaru audio. Do you want to hear? Sure. It? About his parents yeah, making out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is right when he got picked. Played right. lacrosse yeah. too. The high level lacrosse. Yeah. Imagine him on the on the lax field. Go. Oh, okay. okay. Get some. All right. Go. Why not? Nice. Hey, we're in. Come on now. Hey, we're in. <laughs> it's nighttime in, in Quebec. Get after it, Mom. It's, it's almost oh, 11. Oh. It's nighttime in Quebec. <laughs> what are you laughing at down there? All right. Oh. Anson Carter really enjoyed that. He did. Yeah, wow. That'd be ace. Um, Derek Wills, the voice of the Calgary Flames, straight ahead at the top of the hour. We'll tee up the Flames and Wild tonight from Minnesota as the Flames wrap up their three game roadie. But right now. It's time for our NFL Big Bets, brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. Make your picks at sportselect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. All right, standings after 14 weeks. Maddie, 50, 31, and 2. Patrick, 43-37-2. Look at you. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, right. Georgie Breer, 39-43-2. Let's get to this week's slate. Week 15, fantasy football playoff week two. Oh, boy. Lots on the line. I'm a little nervous. Lots I got on the Jake line. Browning at quarterback this <sighs> week. Oh, boy. If you're starting Easton Stick tonight, you're probably not in the playoffs. You're <laughs> in the consolation bracket. All right. 
Can you imagine? Chargers at Raiders from Sin City. Vegas, three-point favorites. The total, just 34 and a half. How good would the rest of your roster have to be to yeah. get in the playoffs and have to play Easton Stick? Yeah. You got like Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You have Justin Jefferson. David Montgomery's in your flex, probably. Yeah. Something along Travis Kelly. Maybe not him. I don't know. Who's a good tight end here this year? TJ Hawkinson's good tight end. Yep. McBride from Arizona. George Kittle's having a nice year at tight end. Yep. Sam Laporta, the rookie. Uh-uh. I'm taking the Raiders minus three. Whoa. Okay. Easton Stick, you know what? Those Z-Bubbles, as fun as they were, were they reliable? No, they weren't. I don't know if that's true. I also I'm just like going the feather lights. He's not more of a synergy? Feather lights no, were good, he's, too. No, he's not a synergy? He's more of an, an old wooden Easton that you ah. find in Grandpa's garage that you're like, how does this weigh 45 pounds? How no. do people use no, no, this? No. The brown feather weight, and then you put in the graphite um, Brendan Shanahan curved blade. Oh, I love yeah. playing cool. with a wood stick. Beautiful. I love playing with it. Yeah, Raiders minus three. Okay. Uh, the Chargers over their last four games have scored 13.2 points per game. The Raiders have scored nine points per game over their last four. <laughs> Give me that under. <laughs> Yeah, I got a, burned on unders last week, yeah, so I decided to avoid. I'm just going to take the Raiders minus three because I have no idea what we're going to get out of Easton Stick today. And, and there's no Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen's not playing for the Chargers. It's like what we talk about with Ross. Like it's one thing when you're Jake Brown and you come in and it's like, hey, here's T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler yeah. Boyd. Here's Quinton Johnson, Mister yeah. Stick. Going to be interesting. Uh, Vikings at Maddie's Bengals. Cincy minus three. The total just 40 and a half. Once again, don't love that you put the game on the card, but I'm going to the Bengals minus three. Bengals minus three. Yeah, this is a, this is a battle of the gritty matchup. You know, Jamar Chase created the dance at yeah. LSU. Jordan, uh, Justin Jefferson picked it up there when he got there as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson will be back as well. I also like the Vikings defense. They've been playing really good, like fifth in scoring defense. Their first shutout since 2017 last week. I think the Vikings can keep this one close. I'm going to take them plus three. I'm nervous for a rookie letdown game. I'm going to take from the under. Yeah. I think 40 and a half is a lot of points in this game. Although Jay Jettis is going to play, he's going to have to wear a flak jacket because yeah. his ribs are just ridiculously bruised. I think I think uh, the Bengals are going to want to run the football with Joe Mixon here. I'm going to take the under 40 and a half. Um, the eventual Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos <laughs> on the road. <laughs> To face the Detroit Motor City Lions. Lions, four and a half point favorites. The total, 47 and a half. I I feel like this one's going to go over, but you know how much I love an an under and 47 and a half feels just so high to me. I am going to take the Lions minus four and a half. Get right spot here. Back at home. I'm going to go with the kneecap biters. Okay. Minus four and a half. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit too much, too much points there to be uh, thrown around. I like Denver's defense, the way they've played. Uh, he's Jared Goff's become Jared Goof. Uh, hey I'm going to go. You uh, also could have went <laughs> Goff. <laughs> you also, you also could have went Goffle. I know. He's been Goffle. No, I like Goof. It's like better than Goffle. Just add another O. Like, uh, like, uh, like Jared Goff <laughs> catching strays all of a sudden. GVP, like we got the Carlson laugh. Yeah, yeah give me the under in this one. All right. Uh, you know I got to take my my man, my Broncos Russell. country. Got to let it ride with my man, Russ. Yeah, four and a half is too much. Let's ride, baby. I can't I can't lay the Lions as four and a half point favorites right now. They can't stop anybody, and they won't stop Russell Wilson. I'll take the Broncos plus four and a half point favorites. We're doing our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Game number four on the card. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Patrick Dumont's Green Bay Packers. The Pack. Three and a half point favorites, the total 41 and a half. Yeah, don't love three and a half. I uh, like what the Packers have been doing the lately, hook. but Baker Mayfield has also been kind of plucky this year. Time to bake. Time to bake. Uh, you know I love to sneak an under on my card at some point. I'm going to go with it here, under 41 and a half. Mm. Uh, the Packers have played Baker Mayfield really well the last two years. First time, like, just five interceptions in his last two games against Green Bay. Uh, I think the Packers at home in a get-right spot. They're still the seventh seed. I know Tampa's still that AFC, NFC South leading team as well. Uh, give me the Pack, minus three and a half here. I, I think the total feels a little light for me here. I think we could see some points. I think Jordan Love will have some success against that Tampa Bay defense. Get and Christian I think, Watson back. That'll and help. I think um, Baker Mayfield can throw some points up. Just chuck the ball up to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm going to take the over. Nice little head-to-head there. 41 and a half. This is a juicy game from Orchard Park, New York. The Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills 
minus two and a half point favorites. The total 50 and a half tough game. I'm going to go with the over here. Uh, I feel like this could be a shootout. You know, Dak has done a better job of taking care of the football, which leads me to think that they're going to be able to put up points against this banged up Bills defense that is not going to get any healthier as the season goes on. Josh Allen is good for a couple touchdowns, a couple interceptions, which gives opportunity to the opposite team. I'm going to go with the over here. I know it's a big one, but I didn't really like the line for either of these groups, okay. so I'm going to go with the over. Uh, the, the Bills are 3-4 and four against the spread at home, but I feel like among the teams in the AFC, they're the team I don't want to play right now. Something about those Buffalo Bills. Wow. This is a, a game that they need more than the Dallas Cowboys might need, actually. And I know the Cowboys, they... They want it. They we talked about them beating the Eagles. They beat the Eagles. Great. Now yep. they got to go do it on the road. Yep. I still like Buffalo minus two and a half in the spot. Uh, I'm with Maddie. I think this is going to be a shootout of a game. I, I know the I know both teams can get to the quarterback, but I think we could have a shootout at the old Ralph. Will this change your thought? 14 mile per hour winds and chance of rain and showers. 50 degrees. 14 mile per hour winds. Yeah. That's a lot. Anything over 20 is really bad when it comes to throwing the football. I Jet, get that from Jets, my man Todd Furman. Jets, Dolphins are going to be over 20. Panthers, Falcons are going to be over 20. I'm taking the over, 50 and a half. All right, last game on the card. The Ravens at the Jags. Baltimore, three-point road favorites. The total, 42 and a half. I had the Ravens minus three. I have decided to change to the under because once I opened up this weather page, it's uh, 23 mile per hour winds and chance of rain and showers in Jacksonville. That's going to be a hard pass for me, bro. I'm going to go with the under. Weather-related. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's just too many injuries along that offensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I think they can they can handle this one. Uh, Ravens, oh. cover the three. Going to be a lot of Raven fans down there in uh, old Duval County as well. Baltimore minus three. I have no feel for this game whatsoever. That's what I crossed out. Yeah, Baltimore minus three. No feel for this game, although I need... Uh, ETN and Calvin Ridley to have a big game, but nobody cares about that because nobody really cares about anybody's fantasy football teams. All right, that's it. NFL Big Bet. NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. Make your picks at sportselect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, straight ahead, the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960, Mr. Derek Wills, and we'll give away uh, day nine of our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 Days of Christmas in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.